Hello and welcome to this weekend's edition of Profiles on your VOCM. I'm Jerry Lynn Mackey, and today my special guest is musician, singer, songwriter, storyteller, member of the From Stage to Stage Storytelling Collective. My guest is the wonderful Dave Penny. Hello, Dave. Hey, how are you? Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking time to join us here on Profiles. Looking forward to getting to know you a little better. Your most recent albums, people may know them, Chip Wagon Ahead, and All Turned Around, just to name a couple. Dave, let's start at the beginning. How old are you? 46. 46 years young. And where are you from? I'm from Mount Pearl, and I live in St. John's now. Oh, well, thanks so much again. Yeah, how did you first discover your passion for storytelling, music, and the arts? Well, it's funny because I always listen to, you know, um, Newfoundland music, Newfoundland and Labrador music. I know just as a, I know I used to listen to the Irish Newfoundland show my whole life, I suppose, if it's been on that long. You know, I, I always remember it being on on Saturday anyway. Um, you know, and then I used to go to concerts and such. I mean, that's not all I listen to, but it's always been there. And then as I got older, like when it's, you know, uh, at the time, there wasn't a whole, like in the 90s, there wasn't a whole lot on the go, not that I knew of, for um, young people. So I kind of had to wait until I was bar age, frankly, to to sort of see live music. Um, so I got involved in the folk club at the time because the the uh, Roy and Gord at O'Brien's told me, um, you know, you should go to the Blarney Stone on Wednesday night. They got a folk club there. So I went down there. I brought my accordion with me, and boom, and it all kind of started there. I was like, I found my people. I didn't even know there was any accordions in St. John's. Um, and it turns out, you know, there was all kinds of folk music around that I had no idea even existed. So, um, and then it just kind of went from there. And I was, uh, yeah, so that was like 95 or 96. And then I got on the board of the St. John's Folk Arts Council, which is now called the Newfoundland and Labrador Folk Arts Society. So they're behind the folk festival in Bannerham Park and the weekly folk club. And now there's a young folk at the hall series. So now the young people are well aware of Newfoundland music. Um, so, which is great. Um, but that's going to where it all started. And as for writing songs and, and recitations, along the line, there was a, um, Anita Best and Eleanor Dawson came to me and said, um, we're going to start a storytelling circle or a song circle, do you want to be involved? And I said, oh, that sounds fantastic, because I was always looking up and singing a cappella songs from, like, Gerald S. Doyle books or uh, the Kenneth Peacock collection or whatever, and I always leaning towards the humorous ones. So I had been doing that anyway, and I guess that's why they asked me. And I said, yeah, let's do it. So, which ended up growing in time. You know, we just used to go around to each other's houses like five of us. And now they have it every month at the Crow's Nest. All that to say that eventually I ran out of songs and started writing my own, which was great because I kind of wanted to do that anyway. 
So, um, yeah, that's about it, really, in terms of how I got started. Right. That was the progression of finding your crew and then really finding yourself, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Dave, what is one of your favorite stories or themes that you like to explore within your artistic practice? Well, that's an easy one because uh, I, I was just about to mention that when we started from stage to stage that you just mentioned, the storytelling recitation troupe, you know, that uh, Roger Lockyer is the brains behind that operation. He was the, he was the guy who suggested it first. And uh, so that's uh, Dave Padden, who you interviewed before, um, Hubert Fury, um, uh, who's out in, what do you call it, uh, Harbor, Maine. So Dave Padden is from Labrador, Northwest River. Hubert Fury from Harbor, Maine. Uh, Harry Ingram from Arnold's Cove and me. So there's the four of us. And we just got along like a house on fire. We knew each other anyway. Um, so we, and that was, I'm just going to say, 12 years ago, I think it was. And the the plan at the time, and I am going to get to your question, um, but the plan at the time was to do a recitation show at the LSU Hall for a laugh. And Roger said, ah, you know, we'll make enough for a case of beer between us. And geez, it was a full house. And I'm I'm just going to say that was 12 years ago. It might have been 15 but since then, we did a show at the Hall almost every year. Um, we did Christmas shows, too. We did two, or, or if not three or four, province-wide Christmas tours. We went to PEI for a small hall tour. Um, and then we played some one-off shows at the Newman Wine Vaults and here and there. So far more than what we thought we were getting into. And to answer your question... That's pretty much my favorite. My favorite stories, and you know, are what we come up with. You know, we all have our own style, and it's great. Um, you know, I love to hear new stuff from the boys, and ones you know repeats that we do. Um, yeah, it's you know I, I can't think of a better group to be in with, and it really is. Sort of, we inspire each other. We sort of copy each other's style every now and again, and you can really tell. You wouldn't think that a recitation would have a style like music or songs, but it totally does. And you know, oh, that's a Dave Fadden line there. Or that's a that's a Harry Ingram line for sure. Or you know, we get. I know I do. I can be out for a walk or something, and Hubert Fury, like a, a verse from Hubert Fury's one of his recitations can get stuck in my head like a song, like an earworm. Um, so, but anyway, I think that answers your question. Yes, it does. And it speaks to how much Newfoundlanders and Labradorians love a good story. Do you, do you, is it sort of like bouncing, you'll bounce them off each other, like within your storytelling group, or are you one up in one another? Or how does it work? Yeah, actually, no, it's funny you say that. Every now and then, when we get ready, when a show is coming up, then we um, we get together usually at my place here, and just kind of um, you know we we will run a new piece by by each other or by you know in the in the room here, um, and it it always goes over. Oh yeah, that's a deadly one. You know that's going like we never say no. That's not going in the show. Usually we do it not to seek approval from each other, but just because 
or excited about it or, you know, um, and then we do, so we don't bounce ideas off each other per se, because we, we have our own thing going on, but it's definitely encouraging and we can't help but let, um, you know, an idea seep into our own writing, you know? So I guess, you know, you could, but we don't sit there and sort of bounce ideas off each other. Um, you know, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Should we do this or should we do that? Cause we're our own thing. Right. You more play off one another. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I'm having a chat with singer, songwriter, musician, storyteller, Dave Penny here on your VOCM profiles. Dave, are there any Newfoundland traditions or like local spots that you would draw creative energy from? Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I mentioned, the storytelling circle or the song circle at the Crow's Nest, that's a big one. The folk festival in Banram Park is, uh, in the morning sessions in the, in the tents, in the, the small stages, we call them now. Um, and then, you know, recordings, um, you know, and just sort of what I grew up with, really. But as of now, I would I would say those those places I just mentioned and the weekly folk club, which I don't get to enough. Uh, that's going to change <laughs> very soon. I'm going to start going to that every week again, like I have been for years. But yeah, so there's and it's just a, you know it's just a great art community in general around here. Well, here on your VOCM profiles, we, we endeavor to get to know people in our community, and I, I could not start our episode here without asking a little bit about your creative energies. But I'd also like to ask you just some random questions. What uh, If you could instantly become an expert in something, Dave, what would that be? Hmm. Currently, I, I would like to upgrade my house so I could get a heat pump, but I don't, I can't, uh, I would like to be a master electrician. So I could do that. <laughs> so that's that's what you'd like to be an expert in electrical. Sure, why not? If you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Ooh, dinner with three people. Let's see. Whoa. Hmm. Kevin Blackmore, buddy, what's his name? Who is a good friend of mine anyway? <laughs> and I have eaten with him, but I'll eat with him again. That'd be great. Uh, let's see. Rufus Ginsher, the fiddle player from Daniel Tower. I'd like to have a boil up with him, actually, in the yeah. woods. Yeah, awesome. And and let's see. But Rufus has passed away for quite a while, but I've, and I've never met the man when he was around. And uh, Barack Obama, why not? I can't think of somebody with a better story to tell. Absolutely. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received, Dave? Best piece of advice I've ever received. Honestly, a, a, a friend of mine, a, a co-worker of mine from years back, when I switched directions in my careers entirely, I ran into him and he said, uh, keep doing what you're doing, Dave, <laughs> for whatever reason. I say that all the time. Oh, that is really wonderful. Afraid. It's just a weird expression, 
And I say it all the time. Oh, it's great advice for anyone, really, when they're doing something right, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, Dave, this is uh, bringing us to the conclusion of segment one here on your VOCM profiles. I know recently you've been diagnosed with a serious disease, and I- I'd like to talk a little bit about that in the next uh, in the next segment, if that's all right with you. Mm-hmm, sure. Absolutely. Well, stay with us here on your VOCM Profiles. My special guest today, Dave Penny, storyteller, songwriter, singer, musician. He's with us for the next 15 minutes here on your VOCM. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. Hello and welcome back to Profiles on your VOCM. I'm Jerry Lynn Mackey. My special guest is storyteller, singer, songwriter, musician, Dave Penny. Dave, thanks so much for joining me here on your VOCM. No problem. It's my pleasure. It's a last. And it's great. Yeah, it's great to have you. But, I mean, as as much as you love to laugh and, and we love to be entertained by you, I know that recently you have faced a serious medical diagnosis. Can you just walk me through it? Tell me a little bit about it. It's wild, actually. So the journey I've been on, last September, I went to the hospital because uh, I was very short of breath. Now, I have been kind of in retrospect, and from what I've been told, I was kind of off. All summer anyway, I didn't have that same sort of drive that I usually have. But anyway, in September, I had to go to the health science. They admitted me right away, so that's never a good sign if you don't have to wait and if they admit you right away. so But they did. And I can't remember the first three weeks, really. I was diagnosed with COVID right away, and also it turned out I had pneumonia too. But even that... Like, you don't end up in the ICU with COVID anymore, you know. So I, a doctor, and I do remember this because it was three weeks in, one of the doctors, he came in and said, you know, just letting you know, essentially, that, you know, you don't end up in ICU on a life support with COVID anymore, especially if you're vaccinated and relatively healthy and all that thing. So he said, we think there's an underlying condition, and we think it's lymphoma. So that was a lot to take. Even though it was kind of a good time to tell me because I was sort of in another dimension anyway, you know, so it's not like sitting me down and right out of the blue, you got this going on. Right. But that's how I was sort of introduced to it all. But I didn't know this. My family knew this from day one. Like they, I don't know about day one, but they they were told pretty early on, we think he got lymphoma because there's signs that suggest that and he's very ill. But I didn't know because I was sort of, uh, for my own world, you know? In recovery. I was told when I was... Yeah, exactly, yeah. But I had COVID anyway, and that's why I can't remember it, because I was quite ill from COVID, you know, because of this underlying condition, which turned out to be lymphoma. And, I mean, how has the process been for you since then? You know, it's been chemo treatments. I know my... I was referred back then to a doctor who I started seeing after I was discharged, which was, you know, about a month after I was admitted in the first place. And I was told on my discharge that, you know, well, you're going to see her in about 10 weeks because I had biopsy sent to Vancouver at the time. And they called me the next week instead of 10 weeks or six weeks or whatever it said on the sheet. And I said, whoa, that's not good. They must have it back. And, you know, it can't be good. So anyway, sure enough, I went to see her, 
in the outpatient since she told me, you know, well, you have lymphoma. But turns out, so lymphoma is Hodgkin's or non-Hodgkin's, and then there's T cell, B cell, this and that. So she just told me exactly what it was and, you know, what the treatment is likely to be, what yet has to be determined and this and that. So, you know, but she's fantastic. All the nurses I've seen and the doctors I've seen so far have been fantastic. Since that time, I was admitted twice, actually, for pneumonia and, um, you know, very low blood counts and all kinds of stuff. So Right, because it really affects your ability to fight off infections, your immune system. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And I know this lymphoma messes up your immune system anyway, which is why I couldn't fight off covid or pneumonia. So since that time, like the slightest infection is a big thing. So that's why I don't really do anything anymore these days. It's like COVID number two for me, you know? Right, right. Dave, when word got around the arts community and, and really the public here in Newfoundland and Labrador that you were facing this diagnosis, I know the artistic community, your friends, everyone came together. There's a GoFundMe that's on the go for you. Now, the goal of the GoFundMe, I don't know if you know this, but it was at 5000 And when I last looked, it's at 20000 <laughs> How does that feel to feel that kind of support with in the community and within, you know, your peers. Oh, it's just amazing. And as for the goal, I should mention, it's not like, you know, I don't know about anybody else. I've never had a GoFundMe, but it's not like that number was specific. I don't want anybody to think sure that everything else is is extra. You know what I mean? I don't right. have to get into the finances of it all too much, but I just would like to throw that out there so that it doesn't look greedy or something. You know what I mean? Absolutely no one would think that, but, you know, that's just who you are to even say that. <laughs> there you go. Well, the friend of mine, his name is Darren Hunt from Rishun. He mentioned it to me pretty early on after I got the diagnosis. Like he said, you know, can is there something we can do? Do you want to go fund me page? And I said, nah. And then uh, some other friends of mine also were going to, going to do a concert, and we might still. But, you know, the whole thing is kind of, I don't know, like everybody everybody is in need of something. Why me? You know what I mean? But eventually we just said, yeah, let's do it. Let's do the GoFundMe thing. Uh, and it took off, which is great. As I am a small business owner and that can't run, I play gigs, either solo gigs or with my good friend Dot Lee. We do recordings and gigs and we were going to go on tour. That's not going to happen. You know, so the way to go, it certainly comes in handy. And just the support in general, you know, the comments and, oh, it's just great. It certainly comes in handy and it certainly uh, it certainly lifts your spirits, that's for sure. Yeah, and you seem to have a very positive attitude about everything, about life in general. I mean, where do you find that drive? Well, it's like I say, you know, it's, it, if you're fortunate enough to be surrounded with good people, Really, I mean, that's all it comes down to. Like, I got enough hobbies to keep me going. But, I mean, the support from my family and friends and, like you say, the arts community, I mean, how can you go wrong? You know, it's great. I wouldn't want to be doing this without that support, that's for sure. 
Dave, you made us all laugh during the lows of Snowmageddon. You were there for the public when it comes to, you know, the COVID-19 lockdowns with, with your art and sullen craft. But what role do you think artists play in the community and really especially during challenging times? Oh, exactly what you just said. You know, it's uh, I don't want to just say something to do like, uh, you know, as if it's an easy thing. But the arts, I mean, everybody turns to the arts, whether you know it or not, you know, and it's easy to say, well, you know, there's you can stream shows or listen to music all over the world all the time. But we don't realize a lot of us don't realize how important it is to have a local art scene as rich as ours. It's wild when you look around, even if we don't realize it. Just the fact that there's so much going on all the time. And during COVID, there was always a live show on the go. Somebody streaming from their sheds. Somebody streaming from their basements. I did a couple of shows from the basement. I did made a couple of videos in my room. You know, we actually recorded an album during all that at Colleen Powers' place, me and Don Lee. And other guest musicians, you know, we put our masks on, went over and actually recorded an album. I made videos. It keeps you going. You know, it gives you a goal. And then when you do it, you're passing time. And then when you release something, you're watching it perform and do its thing. I don't, I wouldn't know how else to get through stuff, to be honest with you. I'm really grateful that you could join me on Profiles today. And I wonder if I could close out the program now with one of your recitations, Foolishness About Seriousness. I wonder if you could introduce it for us before we go. <laughs> the actual title is uh, Out of Order. That's the actual title about it. The uh, the Foolishness About Seriousness is just what I said in the caption, but it's actually called Out of Order. It's an abbreviated story of sort of what went on. You know, I don't think there's any embellishments. Usually I go off on wild embellishments, but I I really don't think I did in this case. And it's kind of like the COVID-19 songs and recitations I did. It's not actually about that per se. Like, it's not a, a song specifically about the diagnosis or what went on in the hospital. It's more generic, you know. I got a verse in there about the food. I got a verse in there about the waiting times and things like that. And then lymphoma only gets a very brief showing. It only turns up in one line. <laughs> it's more of a just a generic trip to the hospital type of thing. <laughs> so it just it just came out of nowhere. And here it is. One night I said, I suppose I got to go to the health sciences. I hadn't slept for weeks and couldn't breathe in through my sinuses. Walked in with a sleeping bag, a mattress, and a pillow, and cards to have a game there with a woman or a fellow. I knew that I would be a while, depending on the order. I brought a camping stove along, a kettle, and I bawled her. Got music on the go then, it was probably obnoxious. But I couldn't just sit there trying to see what the clock says. But soon some others joined in, and for hours then we played, as if we were in the airport and the flights were all delayed. Four of us got called in as the morning came around. We went in to see the doctors, and the concert was shut down. All hands in there were buzzing around, doctoring and nursing, conducting every test on me was ever known to person. They did that many x-rays, I'd say they ran out of film, to find the viruses responsible and go and kill them. Turned out that what was going on was not only pneumonia, it was angioimmunoblastic T-cell non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Eef. I was immunocompromised because of that, you knows. So I also picked up COVID and, of course, the colds. 
They brought me upstairs later on. Not sure where it was. It was eight feet by six feet at the most, probably a maintenance closet. With all of those supplies in there, the bed could scarcely fit. I moved a broom outside the room and made the best of it. With soups and sandwiches and sometimes salads on the menu, I relied on loved ones to bring treats in. You can't blame me, can you? My uncle came in one day with the biggest kind of feed. It had no veggies or legume or any kind of seed. You can't get donuts downstairs now. They cut that out last year. So I asked my buddy to bring in at least a dozen here. And he came through. I'll tell you one thing now. I was amazed. The whole room stuck together. Sure, it was that full of glaze. I gave him a backpack and said, See how many donuts this fits. There's only so much I can take of those round digestive biscuits. The most of it is mostly blurred. It's funny how your mind works. Until one day I finally heard I could go home then, said the nurse. I took a pile of papers and went home with wobbly legs, but not before I hid some milks and juice in my backpack and bags. So now I got to go and make myself a proper trough and try and get through all the stew that friends are dropping off. Another bright side, there's a lot I can do now I'm home, and I saved on gas and groceries and shampoo for me dome. Dave Penny, thank you so much for joining me today.